0: This is a remote dating podcast where we share outlandish
1: dating stories from people who are locked down in love. In season one, Be My Quarantine, we usually connect people struggling to find romance in quarantine with people who have been doing long distance and virtual dating since long before lockdown, digital nomads.
0: But this week we have a very special episode where we're connecting with old friends separated by distance and by quarantine.
1: One of us will also be sharing how the power of friendship helped us pass spelling tests. Listen to the end of this episode to find out who should have failed fifth grade.
0: This is episode five of Dating Abroad The Lion, the Witch, and the Failing Wi Fi Signal.
2: I'm Ellie. I'm Kayla. I'm Lucy. And I'm Kiwi.
0: We're your hosts for Dating Abroad.
3: And we're Lucy.
0: And Kiwi. This is a podcast about unconventional dating stories. In this episode, we're going to talk about the amazingness of platonic love
1: and female friendships. We've both brought on one of our closest friends. We've all got a glass of wine or brandy. And we're going to cover everything from maintaining long-distance friendships to the role that friend loves plays in our lives.
0: But first, let's find out a little bit more about our very special guests. So, Lucy, how did you and
1: Kayla meet?
3: Oh, I was trying to think about this in advance. So I will tell you how I remember us meeting, and then Kayla can tell you how she remembers us meeting, and they might be different. Okay. Um, So I think we met in grade three when you came to visit the school. Mm -hmm. And me and the other girls in our class would sit on top of the bathroom stalls. I guess we'd ask to go to the bathroom all together. And so we brought you in. And knowing me, I was probably like trying to explain like how things worked at the school in grade three. I don't think this is quite the moment where I tried to set you up with another best friend. But I think this was probably the first time we met as I tried to make you climb on top of the bathroom stalls.
1: Yeah, I think that that is correct, but I often tell the story of when I actually did come to the school in grade four, and it was the first day of classes, and I think this was also before or maybe the same day you tried to set me up with a different best friend friend, but the thing I remember most is that I was wearing like baggy pants and this baggy uh, t-shirt of a band I didn't even know, and we were outside at recess, and you were again explaining me how things worked at the school. And you decided to give me some fashion advice. I can't remember what you said about my outfit, but you were unimpressed. And then you said tight pants, baggy top, always works for me, and then strutted away.
3: I that's think so cute. About it. I think that's horrible. I think this is what I also said. Haven't you ever heard of a dress code?
1: Because uh, yeah. I think that's exactly what you said, yeah.
3: I just watched Spice World for the first time, and in it, Posh says, have you ever heard of a dress code? And I was, like, <laughs> enamored with this. <laughs> I love Spice World.
1: It all makes sense now, 20-some-odd years later. put the
3: pieces of that story together. Yeah. I remember saying, haven't you ever heard of a dress code? But in my mind, it was all just, like, a really fun, nice thing.
1: I mean I don't think I took it that offensively I was just like very (laughs) confused (laughs) and I appreciated your attitude the way you just like said your line and strutted away it was very dramatic.
2: (laughs) Kiwi how did you meet Ellie? Yeah we've been thinking about that as well I well we met on Ibiza that is for sure and we met through training because we were both joining like a training or group of people who were training on the beach doing you workouts. Were the trainer. Was I the trainer already? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I was the trainer. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah. So anyway, we, had, we met through, through training, through workout.
0: Yeah. But and we didn't, we met through training which I think was about four or five years ago but I don't think we became friends till like about a year later maybe
2: uh no no then Ellie was like living on the other side of the island so we we met eventually um I don't know like in in training and then she moved to the town I was living in and then we started like going for drinks and uh chatting a little bit more and I think you just split up with your with your boyfriend when you moved over there
0: yeah, so when I yeah. when I met Kiwi, I was just at the end of a like seven year relationship, and I was in like a big drinking phase. It's pretty <laughs> insane that I actually made it to training at all. <laughs> but then by the time we became friends, I think I'd gone through that, and I was a bit more normal.
2: I mean, I was I was actually I remember that I that you actually asked me to go for a drink. This is my memory oh, that you okay. asked me to go for if you would go for a drink. I knew that you moved to to the village. And you asked me for a drink and I was a bit surprised because, um, yeah, we, we haven't, hadn't been in contact before, but then I thought, well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and, the <rest> <laughs> and the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah, and then we shared, um, that we, we, before Ellie uh, left the island, uh, we have been sharing this office for a year or so. We shared an, an office, which was like a really, really good time. and um, it was
0: so much fun.
2: And that is actually, I think, where where our friendship really established.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, we had like a little sofa in our office that we had for work siestas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah. awesome. <laughs> really. Yeah, that was the best part of it, and the and the bar around the corner. Obviously. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the drinking continues. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) But yeah, so we're going to get a bit more into how our friendships have evolved later in the episode. But before that, it would not be an episode of Dating Abroad without our first segment,
1: a video call named Desire. So in this segment, we usually give you a little update on our virtual romantic dating escapades over the past week. But this week, we're going to give an update about our platonic virtual dating escapades, and talk about how we maintain our closest friendships when we're separated by distance, and of course right now by lockdown.
0: Yeah, so we have an awesome story for this. So we met about like four or five years ago, but we haven't actually seen each other for two years, because I kind of set off on my um, full-on digital nomads, traveling the world, not having a base. journey, like two years ago, before that I'd been working remotely. And before I went, me and Kiwi said we would try and keep in touch by WhatsApp voice notes, because like we were so used to being in the office every day, seeing each other every day, keeping each other updated on like every aspect of our lives. So like we've managed it for two entire years. We've sent voice notes to each other almost every single day. And I had a look at the stats the other day. It turns out we've sent 3,973 voice notes to each other, which adds up to 1.3 gig. And it's eight full days of voice notes. That's like eight times 24 hours.
1: That's wild. Think of all the podcasts you could have.
2: (laughs) And we have really been sharing like everything, like from, I don't know, from boy, boy stories to work to, I don't know, um, problems with uh, whatever. Everything that could be in a diary is in the voice notes. Basically. Yeah,
0: Kiwi the other day mm-hmm. described it as like, we're basically the other end of each other's diaries. And I thought that was really nice. And that, since <laughs> she said that, I've gone even more extreme and every single thought <laughs> I have, she gets.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it's and it, it's a cool, it's a cool, um, it's a really cool uh, way of staying in touch for me also because the other one, it's it's much nicer than texting because you mm-hmm. always have got the voice of the others and also uh, I don't know, I've got the feeling I always know what's going on in in Ellie's life and um, yeah, it's it's um, I don't feel the distance that much i even like with friends here for example in germany that i'm texting like randomly i i have got the feeling with ellie i always know what she's doing i i know what she's up to i know where where she is even though she's like traveling i don't know where and that's really nice
0: i think it's been actually a pretty good substitute for a real yeah relationship mm-hmm. and we've actually like I actually probably feel like I've got to know you better almost over the last two years yeah. than I did the two years before.
2: Yeah, I think so too, because, um, because, yeah, I mean, when we were in the office, we did not talk about these things yeah. often, you know, like, uh, and now we're really talking about pretty, pretty intimate things as well, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, like uh, everything.
2: Like really, literally everything. And um yeah and also I've got the feeling that the friendship has become closer since we're doing that.
0: Yeah totally. Uh, Although we were meant to have met up by this time but then obviously lockdown happened. <laughs> yeah
2: of course.
1: <laughs> yeah that's nice. I do find voices so much more intimate isn't it than just texting because you can kind of fire off a quick text to anybody. like getting to hear someone's voice and like taking even though it doesn't really take any extra time to record the voice memo I don't know there's just something that feels like you've put in more effort if you're gonna send a voice message Mm. yeah so I have a couple little video I had actually two friend dates in the past week so I'm going to talk a little bit about those before I talk about well before Lucy and I talk about us specifically Um, but first I think I need to pour another drink
3: I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that you're having other friend dates.
1: That's fine. <laughs> I knew this was going to be an issue. <laughs> That's oh. an issue we might be covering later in the morning. we <laughs> maybe talk about friend jealousy a bit later. Um, <laughs> so last Monday, so it's Sunday now, so a week ago, I had a games night video chat with a couple of my friends from university. And we've had kind of games night chats before. But first of all, the game the games were up level because one of my friends is super into games and paid like 20 bucks to get a Jackbox TV. It's called highly recommend. The games are a lot better than um, House party. Um, But anyways, I think just the way it started, like two of us, there were three of us. So like two of us were still finishing dinner when we got on the call. So we were just kind of chilling and talking and then started the games. I don't know. There was just something about the pace of the hangout that just felt so much more like hanging out in person than I have in a while. And it was just really, really lovely and it just, just reminded me that it's really nice to just do normal things on the phone with your friend. And then Lucy was my second friend date this week. And I guess kind of same thing. Well, mm-hmm. it was meant to be a walk and talk, but I actually, because I just came home right before lockdown, I don't have like a SIM card or data here, so I can't actually do walk and talks. <laughs> 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 but Lucy was just out walking and we just caught up and in a way not having the video. And Lucy, I know this is something that you've been yeah. talking a lot about. So maybe you can talk a bit more about phone versus the video Zoom chats. No, this
3: is my newest obsession. I feel like it's like, big, like oh, have you heard of Morse code? Like back in time but like <laughs> telephone <laughs> calls i love them just getting on the phone with a friend is not something i've ever done uh, in the last few years it's something when i was a teenager i was constantly on the phone
1: Mm -hmm. i was before the time
3: of video chats we called each other all the time all the
1: time yeah and you would call your crushes whereas like now the phone gives me so much anxiety but like all those three way calls all those like friendship calls all those like calling a boy and being like i like you and then hanging up yeah (laughs) Yeah, i remember the day that
0: i got like a phone in my room when i was a teenager it was like the most exciting day ever
3: (laughs) and every evening i was on that phone for multiple hours with friends Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember like lying on the floor of my bedroom, talking on the phone to Kayla being like, how do we get out of this dump? <laughs> and and now I've gone back to video calls and I'll like, go for a walk around the neighborhood, not video calls, regular phone calls. It's so nice. I feel like I connect even more deeply sometimes than on a video call where you're, you know, you're fussing with the connection. You're looking at what you look like, what they look like. You have to be mm-hmm. seated in a place. I do so much of my work on video calls, it starts to all bleed into each other. But the phone call is really, I think, coming back for me is an amazing medium for building your friendships.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For, for me as well, actually, since lockdown, I also connect, I'm connecting more to people through through the phone now. Also because I'm walking more and I'm walking more on my own and then I often, also when I'm walking, I, I just, I just call somebody and then, um, yeah, and then you have a chat. exactly. Yeah. Maybe one day
1: I'll get a SIM card and I'll be able to <laughs> walk and talk as well. Send
2: <laughs> the mail
3: for you.
1: Thank you. Um, but yeah, Lucy and I have been more or less long distance since high school because, I said, we met in elementary school, but we went to different high schools. And I mean, we were still living in the same country, but we were about a half hour drive apart, our houses. When you're in high school, I mean, I would say we still saw each other most weekends, but it was still, it still felt long distance. And I was trying to think before this, like, oh, how do we like maintain our friendship? And I mean, I don't know that we do anything in particular. I think we just like really enjoy talking to each other and sharing with each other. And I think because so, we just like do it when we want to. But I think some other friends that I have who are nomads or who are expats who don't necessarily have that much community where they are, it's kind of easier to fall into like a texting everyday pattern with them whereas because you are more kind of settled in Toronto and have more of a social life and a community there I feel like we I mean we still talk probably once a week I would say by text. Yeah. Because we've known each other for so long and because we've had I think such an influence on who we each became as people mm-hmm. it just kind of happens naturally and we just any time we talk it's just there's no warm up it's just that intimacy is just there.
3: <laughs> it's funny because we've been long distance for well over a decade Mm -hmm. Uh, and from such a young age and our lives I think are very different in a lot of ways but Mm -hmm. it also feels like the core is very similar Mm -hmm. and sometimes kind of like eerily so the things we're thinking about, what we're wanting, kind of the biggest struggles removed from any of the details because you'll be you know halfway across the world, yeah, still seem to be the same but it also means that Our relationship is not built on like shared interests or like all of these different things that every other relationship I have is built on that. Right. So it's it's a very interesting, like shared experiences for sure because we were so Mm -hmm. young when we met. Mm -hmm. But so much of our relationship, much more at this point of our relationship, has been apart than together.
1: Yeah. Time.
3: So it's very. It's like a very kind of core thing that is hard to put our fingers on uh, yeah. of what that is because if you just look at our the like stats of our lives be like who are these two people
1: uh, yeah like on the surface yeah on the surface we look really different but then I, I think that our values and the things we want in life are really similar they just yeah. manifested differently I hate that word manifested but you know what I mean
3: <laughs> and I feel like the influence thing is a big part of it too in some ways I feel like we're the same person
1: and so when we met, I was, like, cripplingly shy. Like, I had to go see a therapist for it. I was so shy. Really? And shy. Yeah. I didn't talk to strangers at all, especially adults. I mean, still, sometimes I don't like talking to adults. But I was, like, cripplingly shy. And Lucy was so hyper and so talkative. Like, she just <laughs> would not. She just could not stop. <laughs> at the time, it worked really well because there I was, like, happy not talking, just listening to her and Um, So she could talk all she wanted. And I liked it. I didn't feel this like anxiety to talk that I often felt with other people. And as we got older, even through high school and definitely through university, we kind of both met in the middle. Yeah. (laughs) And I'd say you're still like a little bit more talkative than me, but like, not by much. Yeah, (laughs) I think
3: we were like the stereotypical extrovert introvert. And Mm -hmm. now I feel like we have both really come into the middle in an interesting way.
1: Yeah. And I think that was probably definitely inter- um, influenced by our friendship and all the time we spent together.
3: Definitely for the better. I think yeah. I was that hyper and like bouncy and talking about something <laughs> <stuff now. laughs> else. Yeah. They're not having any of the friends we're here to talk about on this episode. <laughs> right.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, if I was still that shy, like I wouldn't be able to travel the way that I do and like meet people and meet new friends. and And yeah, I think like Because I even remember, like, we used to go to Canada's Wonderland, which is a theme park uh, just outside Toronto, and, like, Lucy would just go up and like talk to people at food booths or game booths and try to convince them to give us free stuff. I would have never, ever done that. (laughs) But just being able to just be there and have her do it, I think gave me the confidence to like, I mean, I usually don't go demand free things now, but just to approach strangers and talk to them or ask questions.
0: Okay. So I feel like this conversation is just going to turn into our main discussion, but Mm -hmm. because This is Dating Abroad, I need to introduce it. (laughs) So, without further ado, it's time for our main discussion. Gone with the Wi-Fi.
1: Shh. JK, we're going to add it in later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, I thought it was really interesting what you said about the introvert-extrovert thing, because I also was painfully shy as a kid. It's funny now when I meet people... They don't believe how shy I was as a child, but I wouldn't talk to anyone. Definitely as a kid, as a teenager, I was also really shy. But then you mentioned how you kind of almost have to grow out of that when you're traveling the world. And, you know, you don't know anyone anywhere. So you have to gain a bit of confidence and put yourself out there in order to meet people and make friends on the road. And obviously that's how we met Kayla.
1: It's true. And like all the talk we've been saying about community building wouldn't be possible if you didn't have that slight amount of extroversion to just like go and talk to a stranger. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we just met when I was like, I had literally just arrived in New Zealand, was really jet lagged. And I just remember, yeah, going for a walk around Wellington. I was like, she's cool. (laughs) Yeah, But like 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I would never have ever done that. I would just gone home after.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too. I mean, I was still... I still feel it, like I still feel shy when I'm meeting someone, but now I just kind Mm -hmm. of like battle my way through it, and it's always worth it.
1: Exactly. On that note, the reason that we were kind of so interested in having a friendship episode, because as we talk about people searching for love and romantic relationships, we thought we couldn't really do that without talking about the role that friendships play in our lives. And Esther Perel, who is a sex and relationship therapist who is super awesome, Uh, talks about how right now in modern times, we often expect our one romantic partner to do the role of what a whole community used to do, including family and friends in terms of building life together and raising family together. So yeah, maybe we could just talk a little bit about the role that friendship plays in our lives. And I think Especially, I mean, I guess I don't know that much about male friendship because I'm not a man, but I think especially female friendship plays such an important role in my life in terms of emotional support, in terms of things we do for fun. And as we were just talking about, has really shaped who I am as a person. Mm,
0: Yeah, totally. And it's funny, actually, talking about what you said about how some people think a romantic relationship should fulfill everything. Like, I think I probably used to think that. And then over sort of recent years, I I have so many sort of more friends scattered around, each of them who is slightly different and fulfills a slightly different role. And I was actually saying to Kiwi on a voice note (laughs) today or yesterday that I was sort of like thinking about what I wanted my future to look like and how I envisaged it. And it would have used to have been me with like a generic hot guy in an apartment or a house. (laughs) But it's now actually me sharing a house with a few amazing female friends. And that to me just feels absolutely amazing.
1: That's so funny because I'd say in the last six or eight months, I've been having so many conversations with people about co-living or like socialist housing, but on like a very, very small scale. And I think I would still want to have like my own unit, but... I mean, Lucy and I have talked about this, especially because housing prices in Toronto are just insane. Like, mm-hmm. how cool would it be if we just had like an attaching duplex and live together and maybe with a couple other good friends and then... a dog. And a dog. We could have a dog. Oh. We could... <laughs> share the rearing of the dog yeah. yeah I really feel that and I feel like I am just kind of the opposite so there you we've all I'm sure had a friend who just like disappeared when they got into a new relationship I was like the opposite of that even if I was super into a guy and like wanted to spend all my time with him I would be like no I still have to see my friends I like, never put the romantic mm-hmm. relationship above my close friendships and to me they feel even though in a romantic relationship there is that potential to have your lives much more intertwined on a day-to-day basis I've never like placed that relationship on a pedestal Mm -hmm. that's probably why I'm still single to be honest
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's
3: so emotionally healthy
1: emotionally healthy and happy and yeah I do think that my my female friendships have other than the sexual part have kind of fulfilled all of those needs that I would have in a romantic relationship as well. So it's, yeah, it's a bit how we were talking about last time with Angie about how I'm only, I only want something really amazing coming to my life. I'm not looking for a space to fill, even though like a generic hot guy I would, I'm not super opposed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I agree. I think the fo- the sort of aim should be to sort of make your life amazing just because, that's what you want to do and do whatever makes you happy. And female friendships can fulfill so much of that. And then you
3: would sort of
0: add a romantic partner into the mix if he added something spectacular, as Angie put
3: it. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I think this evolution from thinking, that evolution from thinking of like, your partner is going to be your whole world and do everything for you to realizing that a community is what you need mm-hmm. has been something I've been thinking a lot about but uh, throughout my whole life I think I started out very obsessed with the single friendship so I wasn't initially obsessed with men being that but I was obsessed with the idea of the best friend mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. I don't know if society had enough time to work on me it probably did but by grade one I was like I need a best friend and I got a best friend um uh, her name was Diane and i don't remember much about her except for i left that school in grade two and i was like i will be your best friend forever and then when i went <laughs> like a deadly serious grade two yeah. i went to a new school and refused to make another best friend i was like i can't i'm already spoken for <laughs> <I> have, <laughs> and. And we no longer talked i didn't have her phone number or anything but i had yeah. like this pledge and then uh i think there was a little bit of like dating around with other people in my grade three class. And then Kayla came and I was like, well, you are my best friend. You be <laughs> everything to me. And then <laughs> I think from there, it's been a slow learning process of, you can have a best friend and other friends. You can have a variety of friends and you can have a romantic relationship and you can have a romantic relationship and friends and trying to open that up. Like to me, it wasn't so gendered. It was, mm-hmm. this. I, I, I was obsessed with monogamy.
1: Yeah, like you want to be the chosen one for one person, and then like you just want to be there, everything, and you don't need nothing else.
3: But I think that's it. I needed that like unconditional, like one person's like, you are my chosen person. Then I could, yeah, now I could have like a friend, just like, but I need one. <laughs> I wonder if that's part of it for, for other people as well. If it's not when you're thinking a um, man or a, your romantic partner is going to be everything. It's feeling that they're the only people you could get that like deep chosen sense from and realizing that that can be spread across lots mm. of people who choose you, maybe just once a week or once a day for 10 minutes to write a voice note. Yeah, uh, Those can build up into that feeling. Of what I assume everyone has that endless well of need for approval.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think it's funny, like talking about us being the same, but very different. I think I had that intensity too, but it showed up in a little bit of a different way. I mean, I didn't think that much about I need a best friend, but definitely like if we became friends or best friends, like... You were in for life, and I had your back no matter what. And I had a similar experience because I had a best—I had like a very best friend, and then a little tier of maybe three or four other best friends from my school up until grade three. And uh, then I was the same when I switched schools. I was like, "Yeah, I'm not actually in the market for like a new best friend." <laughs> Uh, because like I have these four friends and we're keeping in touch and we did keep in touch like I would say for most of that first year or maybe half of that first year because like with some of them our parents were friends as well Um, and I very much felt like you know I yeah I didn't have that sense of like being the chosen one but it was like if we're doing this like if we're friends then like we're in it and uh, we got each other and it was like kind of traumatic when those friendships faded away and I wasn't I think it was like our mom's made us go to summer camp together that summer after grade four. And that's when our friendship really got cemented and I didn't go back. Maybe I did go back to camp with some of my other friends also, but I can't really remember it. Clearly they weren't that cool.
3: But I remember <laughs> a few years when we tried to add a threesome to our oh, blocking, yeah. very intense yeah. This was a friendship.
1: Yeah, this was we were a triad for a little while, which was interesting because we were um. So in the polyamorous community, a triad is when like a third person comes into an already established couple, and it's often looked down upon because usually the couple like puts their needs above the third person and doesn't always treat the third person as like an equal person. Like a you couple. me her. Huh? Yeah exactly like any (laughs) mirror so they don't I mean, obviously it's not every couple and like some triads are all very happy together um but it's definitely a thing in the polyamory community and that was very much lucy and i with our third friend we would just like flat out tell her like yeah like we're the best friends and like you're still part of our group we called it the friendy poos so we said you're still a friendy poo but like we're the best ones and then we had a few other friends and we were just like yeah you guys are not friendy poos like you're not oh
3: Taking some very big steps to create a, an equal threesome. For example, we had friendship jewelry that said like That's the true. best friends, and we each got like one.
1: It's three. true. We did have a three way and matching necklace,
3: sweaters and stuff like purple, blue, and pink that were all the same. Those gap,
1: those Gap knit sweaters. Yeah.
3: Um, oh. I, I feel like we worked through, like, the evolution of relationships. It's like, we first, with very intense monogamy, and we tried a triad, and it kind of worked, but we learned a lot about ourselves, but didn't ultimately make it, and...
1: And then we realized it was probably better for us to maintain our relationship and still have outside relationships. other
3: relationships.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. true. We really did do... <laughs>
2: You've experimented it. with but, all the types of friendships.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which kind of leads me to something that I was wondering if Lucy wanted to talk about because of the four of us, uh, you're married, everyone else is single ladies, Um, single ladies. Um, so speaking of that kind of like experimenting with relationship models as kids and with female friendships, how do you feel... I guess it's a two part question. So one is part one is kind of how do you feel your female friendships have influenced the way that your marriage looks? And then part two, what I guess would be like, what, speaking of community, like what role do your friendships play?
3: Well, I think this like extends directly from the conversation we were having, Mm -hmm. uh, Whereas I, you know, I think I still have a leaning towards the like monogamy. That's still mm-hmm. my preferred source of relationships across all my relationships is to have mm-hmm. like some intensity and commitment in my relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think having done all of our friendship experimentation, I was very aware by the time I started dating my now husband that I needed to maintain multiple relationships. And my current husband was actually a very close friend for 10 years before we started dating. Mm -hmm. So we had, like, lived together as friends. We, like, had a crappy job working as tour guides. Like, we had a whole bunch of different relationships uh, before romance was introduced. And I think that was super important in the relationship I have now. But also, I knew right off the bat when we started getting romantically involved that he was going to have to slot in around my existing relationships. And I was very clear. Kayla was extremely clear (laughs) (laughs) about what his role would be. And Kayla and I had, she'd been traveling abroad and um, was in like a country where she felt kind of uncomfortable. As a single woman, you got like a lot more attention and she was staying with me just before she left. So I bought her an engagement ring, like a massive Walmart
1: $10 (laughs) engagement ring. It was beautiful.
3: And at the time we thought, well, why not just go all the way? Uh, And we wrote like a ceremony for each other. We exchanged vows. And exchanged rings, these like Walmart rings.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and so then when I met my current husband, I was like, Well, you know, I'm already married. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't think like he realized how serious wa- serious our marriage was until at the wedding <laughs> Kayla was referencing it. And I don't know if you read you read part of our vows. And they're pretty they're pretty serious they're pretty vows. And I do think that's
1: Yeah. Yeah, when I made the speech at their wedding, my angle was kind of, we're already married, so like, to her husband, I'm giving you advice from someone that's already married to her. Like, it was <laughs> it was not just some, oh, this would kind of be fun to do, like, we were, we take it very seriously, our vows, I think, and I still yeah. have the vows that you wrote me.
3: Yeah, my ears are in a book. It's like pressed. It's,
1: it's a serious
3: relationship. Like a, yeah. it's not a legally binding marriage, but mm-hmm. it's a legally binding in my heart.
1: Exactly. Uh, and
3: I think that was, that's really important. Absolutely. I think if you, and especially in quarantine, it can be easy for quarantine quarantined with your partner to start kind of regressing a little bit and starting to feel like, well, you know, we're together all the time. It's great. Uh, we have so much fun. Do I actually ever need to go outside again?
2: But, you know, you have a
3: conversation with an, another friend and you're like, yes, this is a missing piece.
2: Mm. And
3: I'll find that I, it can get, like, weak, the signal that I need to talk to friends or have community around me. And then you'll have too much wine. You're like, why am I crying right now? And you're like, oh, I had not <laughs> talk to, like, a female friend in a week and this is not
1: mm. how yeah. I
3: survive. Yeah. This is not how I feed myself. So.
1: It's really beautiful. And I think it's quite intense, too, like – if you're on the other side of that, if your partner doesn't have the community and that support system around them, it can be quite intense to be someone's everything and to like be in a relationship where you're like, wow, if I, if something happens to me or if we break up, like this person has nothing. That's a yeah. red
3: flag, I think, for me.
1: Yeah, it's a very big red flag.
3: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I have always been like that, even when I was in a relationship um, I was in a seven-year relationship before I met Kiwi. Um,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm just no. a replacement. <laughs> no. Um, there were rebounds that turned into something real?
0: <laughs> no, but I would, I would always have my female friendships as well as that relationship. But I think in a future relationship, I would prioritize it even more and like you said, it would 100% be a red flag if, if a guy didn't want to have that in their own life as well.
2: I also, I also think it's, it's all about expectations, isn't it? It's because then you're putting so much expectations on one person. It's a little bit like in a family, you know, when you're putting all your expectations in your parents to fulfill your needs and wishes and whatever, they're, they're never going to make it, you know, and neither is your partner. It's, it's not going to work so i also think that you said it somehow uh, lucy um that that yeah you you have to look also to um at, at how you nourish yourself you know you know and i think especially for for us women it's really important to have like female friendship uh, because that's another kind of, of bond uh, um that that you have you know of bond that you have yeah and um yeah just totally different and a man cannot really fulfill that needs or this kind of nourishment in the same in the same kind of way, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is also good, like a, a relief for the guys because they're never going to make it, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. And going back, Lucy, to what you said about like, sometimes
1: you're just like drinking wine and you're like, why am I crying? And you realize you have my yeah. friends. <laughs> I remember exactly. So I had done before I was a digital nomad. I was just a normal nomad for like a year and been backpacking. So because I wasn't really working, I didn't seek out Wi-Fi the same way. I didn't always get a SIM card. You know, when you're a nomad, you're always finding places with Wi-Fi. Gosh, I know a crazy book about Wi-Fi.
3: I, <laughs> I was going to say that reminds that. me of a book talk. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh,
1: Where can not remember Wi-Fi, what it
3: was? Tales book on Amazon. Buy it today. It's great. I have five copies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so I wasn't that year, I would say I wasn't keeping in touch with friends at the same intensity as I do since then. And after that, I lived in London for about a year and a half and I did have a boyfriend there. And But it was still really tough. London is a tough city to try to like start your career mm-hmm. in and especially when you arrive after a year long trip and you've drained your bank account. So it was definitely a stressful time. And I just remember messaging a few friends and we decided to do like a Skype date together. I had never done. I don't think I'd even called anybody. I think probably my parents I had called while I was traveling. but I don't think other than that I had really called anyone. Definitely not more than like a couple times in the year. And we did the Skype date and we drank wine and I was in my crappy London box room and (laughs) I just remember feeling like, oh my God, that's what I needed. And I was right at the start of a new relationship and things were going well in a lot of ways, but there was just like something in me that I was just like sad. And then I Mm -hmm. had this talk with my friends and I was like, oh yeah. friendship (laughs) Friendship is the thing that was missing Mm -hmm. let's just take a little break in our friend discussion for some shameless self-promotion and
3: more wine
1: and more wine so everyone everyone pour your clinking wines and as you're drunk and wondering what you want to buy today for your drunk quarantine purchase online we would recommend that you become a patron of the podcast do it you can do it for just $1 a month as our first tier. And if you join that first tier, we're going to shout you out on social media. We're going to say your name at the end of the podcast. You will basically be famous. That's like $12 a year. Last time I said that was like two Starbucks coffees. I was trying to think of a good thing that would be now. That's like the shipping cost on whatever useless thing you just ordered yesterday. That's the
3: Uber Eats delivery fee.
1: That's the Uber Eats delivery fee.
3: Is that really $12? Oh, no. I guess it's like 2 $2.99. Okay. It's like nothing from Uberies. It's once you tax, <laughs> tip your driver. We're not monsters here. You tip your driver, you add the delivery fee, that's $12 there. Okay,
0: fair enough.
1: Okay. Basically, it's not a lot. Um, and if we have a few higher tiers, which are $5 and $10, you can have monthly soirées with us, which will maybe be a little bit like this, where we drink wine and put on fancy clothes and chat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just... The URL
3: of your Patreon.
1: <laughs> Our Patreon is patreon.com backslash datingabroad.
3: I'm you know, if you gonna... just to Google it, you get some really crazy stuff.
1: And... <laughs> okay, people don't Google it at home. Just go direct <laughs> to the website.
3: But <laughs> <laughs> hey, you are out one more time.
1: Patreon. Patreon.com slash dating And my... there
3: are
0: even better benefits as well. If you get the business class package, you get a call with either me or Kayla every month to talk about digital nomad life.
1: and on both the checked bag and excess baggage tiers you will get behind the scenes footage of this podcast and in the last two episodes we had some really juicy stories that did not make the final cut so you will get those delivered straight to you if you sign up now and if you are one of our first five patrons you will get a digital mystery box even the one dollar tier so any tier you choose you will get a digital mystery box if you're one of our first five patrons and we do already know what's going to be in it don't we yes we 100% know what's going to be in this box and it's going to be amazing is
0: it going so to be, amazing! is it
2: going to be sh- shipped anywhere in the world I think it's probably going to <laughs> virtually. be virtually yeah, a, dig- a digital mystery box
1: okay
0: <laughs> I think Kiwi's going to sign up now. She's going to be a
2: patron. I'm really curious now. (laughs) Yay, it's
1: working. (laughs) Her evil scheme (laughs) is working. But seriously, it is just Ellie and I making this podcast. We're doing all the planning, all the recording, all the editing. So if you are able to give support and you've been enjoying listening to this podcast, we would really appreciate it. We would.
0: So on that note... We are going to get back to the discussion and because we have two different kinds of friendship on this Zoom call, (laughs) uh, (laughs) a really long term one when you, you guys met as kids and then Kiwi and I met later in life. And, and I think it would be interesting to chat about how those two different types of friendship work and how they are different from each other. And Kiwi, I know you had some thoughts on this because we were discussing it on our voice notes the other day, weren't we?
2: Yeah, did I? <laughs> 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 you know, it's like my wisdom sometimes comes and the next minute it's, it's gone again. <laughs> well, I'll
0: refresh your memory. Yeah, um, thank you. You were saying about how the probably the reason that we ended up becoming friends was because it's kind of because of what Lucy was talking about earlier that her and Kayla don't necessarily have, which is some of those shared things like the fact that we're both location independent. We both work for ourselves. We both have those sort of ideas of having like a bit of an unconventional lifestyle. And that's probably what bonded us.
2: Yeah, I I think that that's that that's it for me especially i think the kind of lifestyle that you have and maybe also like um the the ideas of of, and values that you have for life and i mean i see it here now when i'm when i'm back and speaking to, to friends that i know a long time ago that i mean i we do connect but it's different it's it's much different it's more you connect through yeah through the that that you have been knowing each other for such a long time and of course you know each other very well but then i through i i have got the feeling that the ideas I have got for my for my life now are are very very different to my my uh, older friends um to those of my older friends and that is that is different um with us, I would say, Ali, um, because yeah, because yeah, like you have got similar values, and it's different from people who are not traveling so much, who who are not location independent, who are not uh, nomading around. I think that is like really opening your mind to another another kind of yeah lifestyle.
3: I was thinking of another kind of female friendship, and I wonder if we could take a moment to talk about work wives. It's been one of the greatest like joys of my adult life is meeting other women at work or through work, who you have this kind of connection with, and Mm. and unlike um, childhood friends, it's very feels like dating. Like first Mm. they say they laugh at one of your jokes around the (laughs) popcorn. You're like, oh my god, she laughed, (laughs) and then later. Yeah. that you Maybe use the like work messaging system or you send them an email that's not like strictly work or that has like a little bit of a cheeky line in there and they get back to you and you're like, okay, this is, this is moving along. Then you have your first <laughs> opportunity to like do something completely work independent. Maybe you share your personal phone number, email, or you talk about something completely not work. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs>
3: you go in a group setting, an individual setting. And I think, Having someone in your work ecosystem, whether you're in like a traditional office setting or just working with a bunch of different people who, you know, you can message her to check your emails or like you have your conversation with her first before you talk to like a client or a boss or something. That person um, has been like this really beautiful kind of friendship that I've only discovered later in my life and has, is really awesome you guys have mm. work wives? Not really, but or, I totally... Work like platonic friends.
0: I totally identify with the friend dating thing, though. Mm. I feel like oh. when you're on the road um, and you sort of like turn up in a new country and you like don't know anyone, you go on the Facebook groups and say, hey, I'm here. Does anyone want to go for a coffee? <laughs> yeah. and, and then you end up sort of like going on various friend dates Um, And it can be, like, just as scary as going, if not more, than going on a date with a guy. (laughs) You're, like, really trying to impress them and you're, like, Mm -hmm. you want them to think you're cool and you want to have a friend to, like, enjoy this country with. I mean,
1: Ellie, I feel like you and I are maybe, like, work dating right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, we have a Slack
1: channel and everything. It's true. Like, maybe next season we're going to be work fiancés.
2: <laughs> maybe well, we well, could
1: well, have a ceremony on the podcast
0: <laughs> I that don't know be yeah. <laughs> if I can appreciate that <laughs>
1: oh yeah Kiwi's getting a bit of friend yeah. jealousy there <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. friend jealousy is real
1: yeah, I think that like, because I'm freelancing and always traveling, I don't think I've had a work wife in that way. Although I guess actually when I, after I graduated, I worked at the student union at my university for a couple of years. And I would say, I did I have a work wife for one of those years? And now we're just still good friends. And it was really magical and lovely because it's also nice, especially in a workplace to feel like you have someone who you know is going to be on your team. Yeah. If anything comes up. So as a freelancer and always moving around now, I've had that less but in the last two years I've been a lot more conscious about seeking out community both the nomad community and like writers communities and writers groups so I feel like I've gotten a little bit closer to that and was kind of itching to do something collaborative and then this podcast was born.
0: I was just about to say that yeah I was exactly the same and now that I have this collaborative thing with you
1: Mm-hmm.
2: i'm like
0: i can't ever not have a collaborative thing with someone now because it's just <laughs> so much fun, yeah <laughs> and it's such a it's such a better not necessarily better like i wouldn't I love working on my own when i 'm writing, but it's mm-hmm. so good to have a collaborative project as part of your
2: life mm-hmm. it's just such a different feeling mm-hmm. but I think there needs to be this click doesn't it doesn't it like mm. you, to there needs to be this moment where you say yes we want this and then both go for it you know Mm -hmm. it's it's not it doesn't work if if it's only one or yeah if it's only the one saying yeah let's do it and the other one is hesitating it's not it's not going to work yeah the same as in
0: like a romantic relationship you both really have to be in it
2: yeah
3: yeah that's what makes us so much like dating like I worked at a job for five years and never found a work wife and then so this woman walks into the office, and I'm like, she's the one. We're
2: gonna <laughs> <laughs> it's like it feels so like true. No, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: true. But I think so. Like, people listening can't see, but like, if you could see Kiwi's and Lucy's faces right now, they're both just like resting bitch face at us
2: <laughs> and I feel
1: like that leads really well into our next discussion about friend jealousy if you're
3: not talking about us why would we be?
1: <laughs> we weren't part of this conversation or this story and we don't care <laughs>
0: but yeah friend jealousy is definitely real
2: mm-hmm I, it is real, but it's also, I always think it's a good exercise for, for me. I, it, in the meantime, yeah, like at the moment I'm thinking like, I perceive it in myself and then when, when I feel it coming up, I'm thinking like, you yeah, just, just relax. <laughs> <laughs> just chill, girl. Just chill. <laughs> just chill, girl. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's it, well, it's, it's always, jealousy is always about your own confidence, isn't it? Mm. about your own self- self-confidence so it's not about the other one um it's about yourself basically and I think that is for friend jealousy as for normal jealousy in a relationship as well this is Kiwi's coaching persona coming through <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> no, no that's so
3: that's so right I think that when like jealousy is like all of those thoughts like fundamentally irrational so whenever I feel jealous, so I'll be real. She told me she was doing a podcast with a girl named Ellie. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. who's Ellie? Yeah.
2: <laughs> and this is what I also do sometimes. Like, yeah, who's that anyway?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you as like this like 10 foot tall, like coolest person, like, like glowing, all of this stuff. And then I heard you on the podcast and you were so charming and I was like, oh, crap she's nice too and just got a cool accent and, and then the second we actually get to talk and meet you I'm like oh she's cool like I want her as my friend <laughs> I know that built up this nemesis for myself you're a no-nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like that. It's always
1: like that. Yeah. I actually remember speaking of work wives last year at your birthday party, your work wife or maybe the woman you were recording as your work wife was going to come to a portion of your party and you were like so excited for me to meet her. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. And you were like, she's so cool. You're going to love her. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to love her. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course I met her and she was super cool and lovely and I was like you yeah, okay I guess you are fine. <laughs> but it's just like that first instinct of like oh, what do you mean you have a new friend like. Yeah, it's
0: so awkward when you introduce one friend from one part of your life to a friend from another part of your life. Remember Kiwi? I cuz me and Kiwi also keep in touch through uh virtual co-working which we do like well all the time now. But I invited another friend to one of our virtual co-working sessions. And, and obviously it was all totally fine, but I had this, like, huge nervousness before. I was like, oh my god, what if
3: they don't like each other when they meet?
0: <laughs> and and then I felt like this huge pressure to be sort of, like, directing the conversation and making sure that everyone liked each other. And
3: it's like, it's, yeah, it's pressure. Did you have any worry we wouldn't be as cool on pod-
1: podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I think everything is a competition. I think everything is a competition, and I was like, "If my friend's not the coolest one." <laughs> no, I I I feel like I didn't just because um, I don't know why I didn't feel that way. I think maybe because like you were coming into our creative project and like we needed you. It felt a little bit different than just randomly, like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if like my random friend came on the podcast one day? I feel like then I would be like, why?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think because we both have a friend, it's kind of like
3: even as well. I feel like there's a lesson in there. It's not weird because you both have a friend, right? Which is the same thing. Looking way back to our conversation about relationships, when you're dating somebody, doesn't have the same friendship circle as you. Mm. What breaks it down is knowing that the other person has more people. Like I, now in my maturity, I like that Kayla has other friends (laughs) for for the most and when I'm in my least jealous. But,
1: But I feel like it's also like you have to get used to them because I feel like now you're used to my friends that I've like had since university or since high school and you're, you know that they're not threatening to you and you've like met them and you understand the role that you play, they play in my life. But as you said, like literally three weeks ago, you were like, who the fuck is Ellie? <laughs> so I feel like it's like when when new people come in, it's always, it's disturbing the status quo a little bit. And then you kind of have to get used to it and get to like understand the role that they play in their lives. And of course, it's never going to be threatening. and But it just like takes a minute to realize that it's not actually going to be threatening.
0: Yeah, it kind of goes back to okay. one of our earlier conversations as well about, all the different roles that different friends play in your life so like no one's threatening anyone else everyone's different everyone plays a slightly different role
3: yeah you go to them for different things like i will text different people with different thoughts on different Mm. days as well yeah i have a total roster of who to text about this show or like i'm cooking something or i want advice like i have a big breakdown in my head
0: And also I feel like there's some things that you want to tell like one friend because you know how she'll react to it And another one might react in another way So say if you'd done something that you weren't that proud of like texting a guy that you weren't meant to text Like I have a friend who I would send that to first because she's also always Texting guys who she shouldn't be texting so I know she's not gonna judge me But then if I was to send that to Kiwi, I know she'd be like, (laughs) why did you do that?
3: Who is your
0: conscience?
2: Like
3: your
0: conscience. Anyway, yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah it's, but I do
0: always text her as well, but it depends like how vulnerable or fragile I'm feeling on that day.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> my reaction as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's also about who's going to understand. Like if I have a very nomadic problem, I'm more likely to text one of my nomad friends. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they're going to know where I'm at a little bit better. Whereas if it's one of my muggle friends, which is what we call people who aren't nomadic, sorry.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: um, if it's one of my muggle friends, like if they could still provide really helpful insight, but I would just have to like give a lot more background information mm-hmm. and give a lot more as how I'm feeling. Whereas to tell one of my nomad friends, they usually can just get it a lot quicker. Um, but I remember speaking of friend jealousy, so Lucy, you probably don't remember this, but We were in grade nine, I think maybe 10. I think it was the first year where we were in different schools. We were in different, I think it was grade 10 because I think it was when you had just left Pace and we're making new friends. And (laughs) (laughs) we went to the wave pool in Richmond Hill and we were like sitting in the kiddie pool waiting for the waves to start again in the big pool, just hanging out and talking. And I remember you said something to me like, I like my new school and like I'm making new friends and it's cool and like sometimes I forget that I need you as a best friend but then we hang out and I remember like something along those lines. Yeah, was deeply scarring to me. What? Because <laughs> I was like, you forgot that you needed me as a best friend. Like, what? <laughs> we spend like two weeks apart and you forgot about me, and I was like super jealous, of course that ended up not being true at all. And like we maintained (laughs) the relationship, but I was definitely like not, I was very jealous of being new friends. And it was very, I felt very threatened. Clearly what I was trying to
3: say is that in the excitement and confusion of being at a terrifying new school, (laughs) I (laughs) was blinded to my need as someone who's often blinded to the majority of her needs <laughs> like smack, snap back to the drinking wine and not knowing why I'm crying mm. I feel like that was uh, like intended as an insightful we'll get back to like, like, oh this is the real thing I need the rest is just like fake cheese you're the real cheddar
1: that's so interesting now I wish we had talked about it more at the time because at the time I took it as like oh yeah you're not really better than my other friends but like we'll see how it goes so I felt like very on the chopping block
3: <laughs> Whoa. I mean I think I probably would have responded I think I would probably would have said what I said now then
1: yeah I'm I don't sure. you're correct that I have no memory of the action <laughs> I, like, um. I mean it was also like very random and specific and only stayed with me because of the uh, emotional scarring that it caused
3: Uh, Did we just do some healing on this podcast?
1: We did just do some healing on this podcast. I feel (laughs) so much better about it. But I mean, even if you hadn't healed me with your love and wisdom, I feel like the point of that story was that that jealousy came very much from my own insecurities. And I mean, I think we're all insecure in high school. I want to say it was particularly insecure. Maybe not. Maybe we're all just super insecure in that high school stage. And I don't think I really knew everything I had to offer. And I thought Lucy was like super cool. She was like going and spunky and fun. I was like, shit. Like the, the elementary school we went to is like quite small. There was only six girls in our grade. So like we didn't have that many other options. And I think it was like a bit of a test of like going out into a bigger world, both going to separate high schools, meeting a whole bunch of other people. Same thing. We went to separate universities in different parts of the countries, so, uh, like a flight away. And you, your world gets bigger, and you meet all of these people. And there is a bit of a threat there, you could totally meet someone else and be like, Oh, yeah, I thought we had this special thing. But actually, now that I met this other person, it's Mm -hmm. not there. And I feel like as I get older, those feelings get less and less and less. But it's still there a little bit. So I don't feel that way with with you, Lucy anymore. But I feel like with newer friends, sometimes I do feel that way. Like, I don't know, what if Ellie just met someone else and was like, you'd actually be a better podcast co-host. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: i think the more the actual truth is how rare those really deep relationships are because of those Mm. six girls Mm. three of them i'm still incredibly close with like those were really special relationships Mm. uh, against all odds right Mm -hmm. those relationships even though you know went to university have been out in the world right like those are actually the relationships that stuck and those were and ours continues to be a really special relationship but i also think it makes sense when you're a teenager you don't realize like oh we've got something really precious mm-hmm. not like a teenagers thing yeah, yeah. it's, it's what we have oh it's
2: very special <laughs> yeah but but that also is is depending on the connection i think huh? like the the kind of connection that you get it, it does not only depend on the on the length of time you know each other but uh, but but also on the on the type of connection you have which is rare i i do agree but it make it, it makes it, this kind of connection makes this really really precious you know this is what i'm seeing also here now that is, i've got like i don't know two or three close friends and even though we have got quite different lives right now the connection is still there and the friendship is really really valuable to me and um And like for Ellie, for example, um, we don't even see each other that often, but, but still the the connection is there all the time. So that, that is what, what makes us very, very precious. And then for me, it's also like with these kinds of friendship, you just do, I I just feel a lot of, like you guys said at the beginning, it's like, I, I also feel a lot of commitment to this, you know, to maintain it. Mm. Um, because you just know that this this doesn't happen so often you know mm-hmm. and I yeah. think something that's really interested about like nomad
1: friendships but also just being a nomad in general is that you don't have kind of default friends so I think if you live in the same place for a time you get a friend group and it's somewhat easy to maintain like not obviously the deep friendships still take effort but it's somewhat easy to maintain a friendship group that you can do things with and and have fun with even if you don't necessarily really connect with everybody in that group and as a nomad you just don't have that and you can maybe go to co-working or co-living spaces and get that for a short time but you don't kind of have that steady friendship group so for me anybody any friends that I have in my life take effort and they're all people that I really want to be there and they are all people that have that special connection.
3: I think it's interesting like, I think I have more, even as a muggle, mm-hmm. I feel like I have a more nomadic, like, many of my best friends do not live where I live,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, live in different countries, and are people who I formed that, like, really strong bond with, and then just, we, our lives went off, and we kept them,
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, and then there's kind of, like, friendships of comedians sounds so harsh, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> you know, like, the people the, everyone is not your work wife at the office, or like the people who are there where you are. Like, the, you know, the expression, you have friendships for a reason, for a season, for a lifetime, where it is like some people come into your life just for a specific kind of reason, like to teach you something, or it's kind of like, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> or like a season, you know, you're playing soccer together and you really like each other, but after it ends, you never feel the need to pick up the phone or kind of the lifetime ones. I think, I think that's kind of interesting. And I've never been particularly good at short term friendships, even ones that I knew were not going to last. I've never been very good at kind of having those shorter term.
1: Yeah, I think when I first started traveling, that was something I really struggled with, because I'm also not good with short-term and I remember just like being heartbroken leaving these like new friends Mm -hmm. and sometimes romantic partners that I had made behind and like tried so hard to get better at saying goodbye to people and I think I am better at it now but at the same time now I seek out more nomad communities where everybody's used to maintaining friendships from a distance and kind of find more people there because yeah I do find those short-term ones I mean, sometimes you can still get a lot out of them, but I do find them much more difficult. Kind of I like to put a lot into relationships and like build that intimacy, and it feels super weird when that just goes away, mm-hmm. especially sure. with friends, because you don't really get a breakup in the same way that you do for a romantic relationship. I
3: was say you start to have friend breakups, like friend mm-hmm. fadeaways, where they just stop answering mm-hmm. the
1: fadeaway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or like full breakups. I've had full like down and out fights that ended relationships, like friendships.
1: Mm-hmm. I actually have an interesting thing right now, whereas I kind of had a friend break up. It was like half a full on breakup, half a fadeaway with a friend in high school, like right at the end of high school, kind of that first year of university. And just recently she's reconnected with some of my other high school friends that I was still in touch with. And now we're kind of talking as a group again. Mm -hmm. And it's super weird, because we're kind of just, like, pretending like nothing happened. (laughs) But, like, actually, we broke up.
3: You're like, whoa, 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 this is over. What's happening? (laughs) You
1: can't just waltz back into my life. (laughs) Well, I feel like that was such a good and fun discussion. I don't know, Ellie, do you have any final thoughts, or, or I guess anybody can answer?
0: Not really. I think we should just move on to the bit of the podcast that I have been the most excited about, (laughs) which is a game. So in the UK, it's called Mr and Mrs. And it's a game that uh, husbands and wives to be play at their hen do's or stag do's. Do you call
1: it something different in Canada? Um, I thought it was called the dating game, but I don't really know. The newlyweds game. Oh the newlyweds game. Oh okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so basically what
0: we're gonna do is we've got six questions and <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay. Oh I'll hu- I'll hu- <laughs> I'll this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, So how it works. There's also a game show about this that I don't know what it's called, but basically we're going to ask our friend guests questions about us. And we're all going to write down the, the answers on a piece of paper. So there's no cheating. And then we're going to read them aloud because it's a podcast, but we're also going to hold them up to make sure that nobody cheats. And it's, it's basically a game about how well do our partners know us? That's basically the game. You'll understand how it works once we start. And whoever wins the game, that friend couple is going to get to do the outro of the podcast today. And maybe if you get a question wrong, you have to take a drink. Like a sip, not a shot. I could do that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So the first question. so So Ellie and I are asking Lucy and Kiwi these questions about us. So the first question is, what is the thing we, as an Ellie and I, are most likely to end up in jail for? Oh, I might
3: have a different answer than you.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're going to get this. Mine's kind of a joke answer based on a movie that we used to love because I just didn't know. <laughs> okay, are you? is everybody ready? Yeah. All right. Yeah. One, two, three. So does everyone wanna say We <laughs> <you> were close? <laughs> oh, oh. Everyone was close. Do you so. know what? We were close. So I what? guess we have to decide how much almost counts. So does everyone wanna do so Ellie and Kiwi, why don't you read out your answers first?
2: I wrote drink and drive the scooter. <laughs> I said drunk
0: and disorderly. So okay. I think that's pretty
1: close. <laughs> well, let's decide after Lucy and I say our, our answers, because I feel like either we're both going to get it or neither of us is going to get it. So Lucy, what did you say? I put murder. Okay, okay. I put matricide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> based off that uh, Heavenly Creatures film by Peter Jackson that we used to love as when we were teenagers. <laughs> Which I think, I, I mean, oh, matricide oh, okay. is in the category of murder.
3: Murder. Ma- matricide is a sub category of murder. What kind of murder? Metricide
1: exactly it
3: answers we the all get the I point for out. that I
1: think okay that. okay we all I think get the you guys point. also get a point okay so it's tied tied game question two who which actor or actress would play us in a movie of our life it needs to be a nectar yeah. yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> okay is
2: everybody ready who who is the assistant of Meryl Streep?
1: Yes, that's that. Yeah, her. yeah. Oh, yes. I can't believe you guys got it's this. Emily Blunt. Oh, yes, Emily. It. Okay, we put. Okay, Lucy, let's share what we put. I put. Mila what is Kunis. her name? Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Em- Mila Kunis.
3: I I get it. I also want Mila Kunis. Emily Blunt.
0: <laughs> oh my like god! I, I can't believe you actually got that Kiwi. That's freaking awesome. Because your
1: accent is so like hers. Okay, yeah. we didn't get it right. <laughs> we used the Lucy and I, I put Mila Kunis and Lucy. What did you put?
3: I gave you a comedic hero,
1: Salma Hayek.
2: Okay. Is right. that Beverly's uh Ellie? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that Emily Blunt? I, I, I thought that
3: was.
1: Um, it is Emily Blunt. No, it is Emily Blunt. Yeah, because I
3: always
0: it's, say it's I Emily, want Emily well, Blunt to pay unless, me in a movie. But,
1: oh no, wait! But Ellie, I feel like you jumped the hoop because what if she met Anne Hathaway? She
3: met. Anne Hathaway is who I was thinking
2: of. That, that's who I meant. I'm okay. sorry. Oh, then not.
3: you didn't. Oh, my God. You were <laughs> you know so what? close
2: that's... yet
1: so far.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's still a good... Devil Wears Prada is totally... The assistant is um, Anne Hathaway. But, like, yeah, the other, Anne Hathaway. original... Okay, the original... Okay. Okay, okay, far, the, original the
1: other assistant is Emily Blunt, like the first assistant who's like... Ah, the not first one. Ah. But okay. pretty close. That's good. We're still okay. tied. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. okay all right let's move on to the next question this one i think we're going to get right lucy so i'm going to be very disappointed if we don't uh who takes up the most room in bed everybody okay. ready everybody ready three two one show yeah, oh, we all got it right. <laughs> so it, it turns out that your podcast hosts both take up the most room in bed. Both Ellie and <laughs> I.
3: Everybody got it right. So we're still tied.
0: <laughs> we're okay. still
1: tied. Oh, shoot. Sure. Okay. Sarah Here's
3: the her territory with ultra sharp toenails.
1: Yeah, I am Brad, not, you, a fun, I'm tied not a fun person. When I was like three or four, my family went on a vacation uh, just a bit up north in Ontario, and I had to share a bed with my brother. And when we woke up the next morning, he was on the floor because I had just in my sleep kicked him out of bed. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) All right. Our next question is, which Disney character are we most like? I just have two and I wish I knew which one Lucy put, but I think I know.
0: I definitely know who I am.
1: All right. Is everybody ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Oh. What? Oh. wicked stepsisters okay He's let's a all say for the podcast so i wrote for myself jasmine lucy what did you write
3: i wrote the wicked stepsisters and like cinderella we're the two wearing like what? Blue dresses oh. <laughs> what? Well, we're not like singing to birds and being like oh we're like get me my bustle I have but places you, to be! You don't,
1: you don't think I'm Jasmine where I'm like, all I want to do is go outside these castle walls with my pet tiger?
3: I guess I was thinking about us. If I had been just thinking about you, I might have... I, I probably would have just that. Mm-hmm. I got a little distracted by myself, sorry. <laughs> <Okay,
1: laughs> that's a little disappointing. I thought we were gonna get that one closer. Okay. <laughs> Ellie, Kiwi, what did you say? What,
2: Kiwi, what did you say? I did say, Pocahontas.
1: Oh, that's actually oh. nice!
0: That's nice! <laughs> <gross. laughs> I put Ariel just because I have always been obsessed with The Little Mermaid, but in reality Pocahontas is probably closer. <laughs> yeah.
2: Pocahontas is always traveling. She's. I know, yeah, available. I get it. It's a, it's a yeah. good pick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, the next question is, what would we, Ellie and I, most likely to be famous for? That's easy. I hope you go for the easy one. <laughs> I really hope you get this, Kiwi. (laughs) Okay, everybody ready? Three, two, one. I can't believe you put directing a film. I knew you were. (laughs) What did you write? Racing Nomads! Yeah! Oh, this tea! When's the last time I directed a film?
3: I have to be real with you. When I was reading the questions, I started to drift in my mind about the we being you and Ellie, and more being like you and I. (laughs) So this page is a little
1: bit off. If you want to update your other answers, because we're losing now. It's about me. <laughs> <laughs> so just- I, wrote, I wrote writing writing books and this podcast just as a throwaway in case Lucy only wrote writing. And what Lucy wrote is directing a film, which is okay. I wondered if Lucy would go that way because... As teens and tweens, Lucy and I had plans to be famous film directors. Um, ah. but I, just, I just thought that especially when we talked about my book earlier that Lucy was... Well, we got it right. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I,
0: I wrote writing a New York Times bestselling
2: book. And what did Kiwi write? I wrote writing Nomads, which is the name of the book. Yeah. Okay. The, right. the
0: name of the future book which is yeah. yet to be written
2: well yeah. it's, it
1: started
2: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> alright our last question is what is the most romantic thing we've done for you so Lucy just to be clear if you want to change the answer you previously wrote down I, this is the that? most romantic like, thing that I, I've done for you
3: <laughs> I, I, I understand now <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I don't know if we're
0: going to get this one yeah. I have two choices, and I'm going to go with the one that I
1: think Kiwi's going to say, but sure. I'm not sure. Trying to get into Lucy's brain because I wrote down something that I thought of. I'm wondering. Like,
3: don't overthink
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't overthink it. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to change it then. I'm just going to leave it. Yeah. Is everybody ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Yay! Oh, damn it, no one, even though we got it. So, okay, so I said uh, our wedding vows and getting married. Lucy, what did you say? I
3: wrote, she married me.
0: Oh. Yay. So I wrote romantic weekend in Barcelona with Aperol (laughs) Spritz. (laughs) Yeah. And what did Kiwi wrote?
2: Traveling to Barcelona to meet (laughs) you. Yay! Oh, they won. (laughs) I feel like we would have tied if not for that famous question.
3: It's okay. I'm not that um, confused.
1: I'm okay. not I'm not a sore loser so <laughs> <laughs> Good game, good game. Good false, game, good game. I would say <laughs> it is false. Yes, I'm a very sore loser. But <laughs> i just am trying to practice not being jealous and feeling happy for my friend ellie and my new friend. Sophie. my jealousy is rising <laughs> <laughs> so excited to do the outro with you yeah Jeez, i don't know what to do <laughs> <laughs> you just read the lines as if you were me try to be as cool as me basically gonna move on now to our next segment um the scarlet text and this this week we're gonna do it a little bit different so this is our weekly reading recommendation um and so this week we thought about what what is what book or poem or story is most representative of our friendship so each friend couple has has chosen something so ellie and kiwi do you guys want to go first
0: yeah So we chose Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, So I first read it because, well, I actually first read it in a co-living space in Spain, which was my first ever co-living experience. And Kiwi had given it to me before and I took it with me and read it while I was there. And it still had Kiwi's notes in it. And I just loved it so much. It's like all about imagination and creativity. And my favourite part of it, which I always go on about to anyone who will listen, is um, about what Elizabeth Gilbert says about creativity. And it's that sometimes there are just ideas like floating around in the world. And sometimes one just comes to you and you have to grab it. And you can grab it and keep it, but you have to do something with it. And if you don't, then it's just going to float off and the next person's going to get it and you're going to have wasted it. And I love that idea about creativity. But Kiwi, what what are your thoughts on
2: the book? Shall I read a little quote that I found? Yes. Mm -hmm. Which I think is actually quite also... Um, fits very well to your actual situation and also to my actual situation. And this is what I I love about that book so much because it's so so strengthening and um, inspiring for me. It has been super inspiring. So the quote is, you have extraordinary treasures hidden within you. Bringing forth those treasures takes work and faith and focus and courage and hours of devotion we simply do not have the time anymore to think so small.
0: I love that.
2: That's lovely. So that's so encouraging and um, and I think for everybody, um, like a very inspiring book. Mm,
1: yeah, I read that book as well. I really enjoyed it. So Lucy and I, instead of a book, because I feel like we've recommended a lot of books, Lucy and I each have a short Shell Silverstein poem that we're going to read to each other. And I think both of the poems really encompass some of the stuff we've talked about today and definitely our friendship. Um, And I think they both apply to both of us, but we're going to read each other, the ones that we feel most apply to the other person, like a serenade. Uh, So I'll go first. So again, they're by Shel Silverstein, and this first poem is called Tell Me. Tell me I'm clever. Tell me I'm kind. Tell me I'm talented. Tell me I'm cute. Tell me I'm sensitive, graceful, and wise. Tell me I'm perfect, but tell me the truth.
3: I love that one. Okay. (laughs) This one is to Kayla. It's titled Just Me, Just Me. Sweet Marie, she loves just me. She also loves Maurice McGee. No, she doesn't. She don't. She loves just me. She also loves Louise Dupree. No, she don't. She loves just me. She also loves the willow tree. No, she don't. She loves just me. Poor, poor fool. Why can't you see? She loves other and still loves thee. Mm. That's super relevant to what we were talking about. I will say, I, as much as we were not, we weren't going to recommend a book, um, and I guess recommending Cheryl Strayed is probably uh, gauche at this point, but Cheryl Strayed's uh, Tiny Beautiful Things is a book we quote to each other all the time. One person will be, be- making a bad decision, and the other person's like, yeah, but what would Cheryl say about
2: it? <laughs> like, and we do,
0: no. and I do,
2: I'm, I do think I'm just gonna gonna cut was
0: actually... <laughs> I think I recommended this in episode two. Yeah. yeah.
3: It's just it's every such a good episode. Book.
1: Every episode, you should read Cheryl Strayed something. Yeah, basically. Cheryl Strayed,
3: um, yeah. Tiny Beautiful Things, on loop for the rest of the time. All your time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um, the other book that really made me think about our friendship, which I don't know, Lucy, you didn't feel as enthused about this, which is why I read the poems, but um, Anne of Green Gables, because I just remember reading that next to each other. And you're betting King City, and being like, "We're bosom friends," because in the book, and the main character and her be her new BFF. We're bosom uh, buddies. Her new BFF. Shit, what's the BFF's name?
3: Oh, uh, like Diane.
1: Diane. Yeah, her new BFF. But Diane, they're like, "We're bosom buddies," and they're best friends for life. So that's. It's also very Canadian. So if you want to travel through reading,
0: out of Green Gables, <laughs> is that? Canadian. I read that. It, as it a kid. is. Yeah, so Anna yeah, Green Prince Gables Edward
1: is, Island. Yeah, Prince Edward in Island in the East Coast oh. Maritimes. A lovely spot to visit after lockdown is up. I highly recommend people go visit Prince Edward Island. It's very quaint and beautiful, and the mussels and the potatoes are outstanding.
0: Might I might have to reread
1: that. Mm -hmm. it's worth
3: it's worth a reread i
1: think oh yeah i reread them a few years ago and they were amazing and there is a new netflix series if you don't feel like reading a book called anne with an e sadly it got canceled after season three or four whatever the last season was but it's uh it's a very very good modern interpretation i think of the of the book Mm. um including i don't think this was ever in the books but like anne gets her period and her her foster mom tells her that um this is going to happen every month for the like next 40 years or whatever and she's like are you fucking kidding me
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're almost at the end of this podcast now so normally at the beginning of the podcast one of us tells the beginning of a story about a disastrous dating encounter but this time it's a friendship encounter so
1: kayla talked about someone cheating in fifth grade yeah so we're going to attempt to piece the story together so something about lucy knight is that like i have the memory of an elephant i don't know i'm trying to think of animals that have really good memories and lucy has the memory of like a squirrel goldfish goldfish (laughs) um so i thought it would be funny to challenge lucy to tell the story but i will definitely help because i remember it quite clearly
3: so I'm also, as well as having a very limited memory, most of my memory goes to remembering to things about food. <laughs> so what I remember is that if you got a certain grade on the weekly spelling tests, you would get these like Swedish fish. That were so delicious. And, uh, or you could have a toy of it. I don't know what dumb do would choose the toy. Okay. Um, and so it was very important. And I think you needed to have a certain like number of them passed to be able to, to complete the grade. The Spelling
1: was not my forte yeah okay let me let me jump in first of all i don 't remember first of all i don 't remember the fish, which is like hilarious and very on brand for us, like <sighs> I remember once when we were in middle school, we were at some like after school event, and Lucina had like gone outside to hang out, and we were like we 'll come back when we think like the dessert is there, or the food is there, or whatever, and like from not miles away, but from like outside the building, Lucy was like. <sniffs> the food is there. And I was like, oh, you're computer junkie. You can't smell it. She was like, no, I can't. It's there. So we go inside and of course the food is there. <laughs> um, So basically, so in fifth grade, what happened was our class got broken into different spelling groups based on your level of spelling, based on your spelling competence. And Lucy and I were in the bottom group. And most of the groups were like four (laughs) or five students. Uh, But in the bottom group, it was just Lucy and I. It was just the (laughs) two of us. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And um, feel free to jump in at any point if you remember things. Um, And so we just like flat out cheated. Because
3: you would mark each other's tests. You were supposed to trade in a circle, but it was just the two of us. Yeah. The Swedish fish on the other end. There's no question (laughs) that all your answers were correct.
1: Exactly. So we would just mark them as we would be like, Oh, do you wanna make a change to this answer? Or we're just like write in the change for the other person. Like we just like flat out cheated. (laughs) And then because we cheated and our grades were so good, first of all, we always got the Swedish fish, I guess. Don't really remember that part. But I just remember that my mom telling me this part that she went to a parent-teacher interview, or maybe our teacher told us this directly, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that this happened, that our teacher said she wanted to move us up to the next tier, but she was just so impressed by how well that we worked together that she didn't want to, like, separate us or, like, pull us apart. Stop (laughs) their magic. Stop. She didn't want to stop the big magic. (laughs) Um, so she let us stay in this bottom tier group together. That was just the two of us. And she thought she, she probably felt so proud as a teacher about how much we were like improving our spelling. Uh, but we were not at all. We just cheated.
3: Miss AB, if you're listening, I'm really sorry.
1: <laughs> and also I hope you're listening. If you are, say hello, send us an email.
3: Yes, please. What are you up to now?
1: Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we just flat out cheated. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that is the end of this very special friendship episode. Next week, we'll be talking to Jess, a different Jess than from episode three, who fiercely wanted to save living together for marriage and then reluctantly moved in with her partner during lockdown, only to realize it was the best possible thing they could have done. Her questions will be answered by long-term digital nomad Kit, who's been traveling with her partner for the last 10 years
2: their relationship is still going strong. Have a wild dieting story? Send us an email to datingabroadnormids at gmail.com. Or if you want to set up Ellie, Kayla, or myself, Kiwi, that's me, on a virtual date, we'd be up for that too. We may or may not include clips of it for our patrons. That's right. You
0: can also become a patron of the podcast at patreon.com slash datingabroad where our tiers are named just as wittily as our segments. Benefits start from $1 a month and range from bonus content to racy to air to monthly soirees and a coaching call with one of us about digital nomad life.
2: Music is by Lee Prang. You can visit her website at leighprang.bandcamp.com.
0: And our gorgeous logo is by Samina, who's
2: on Instagram at saminascribbles. We are also on Instagram, at dating uh, underscore A underscore broad. And you can find us on Facebook, book, under dating abroad normats.
1: Woohoo! Nice job, Kiwi. Well done. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for joining us. And thank you to our beautiful rainbow fish friends, Lucy and Kiwi, for sticking with us for the whole episode.
2: A pleasure. Can't
3: wait to hear it. I'm really excited to be edited. I think this is what I need in my whole life.
2: So much of the spell you
3: around
1: <laughs> and, and cut out all your ums and ahs. <laughs>
0: yes, I cut that
3: bit which should have been censored. Okay. We'll
0: see uh, you next time.